Man, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. We are, hey, there's some seats right here in the front. Anybody wants to come sit up front? front with splash, call this the splash zone. No, nope. uh, with the lights off like this. Balcony people, let me hear you. Come on, transips. Nave. Just dropped a little theology term on you right there, right? You didn't know you're sitting in the nave. Um, that's where we get navel from, because it's this, I'm just kidding. Um, so, man, we are, I, I mean, I'm so excited for you to be here tonight. I love Christmas. I love Christmas Eve. I love this service. I'm always really nervous. And, and I'll tell you, at the rehearsal, <clears throat> I mean, the three o'clock service, uh, <laughs> it really kind of felt like a rehearsal. I told the worship team, I was like, man, it was just, it was bad. I, I just, I lay, we, this is not, I'm not, I hope I don't offend any of you. I really actually kind of don't care. But um, we, we say when we do something bad up here, we just lay a turd. I just, it was bad um, up here. And, and, I, and, and I know why. It's because, man, I, I just, this is one of those nights where you just feel like you got to bring it, right? It's, it's, you ever had a big presentation and, and you like go in and you're like so jacked up, like you've had so much coffee that you're like, well, here's the deal, like that. And I kind of did that to the old people at three o'clock and it was just bad. Um, so we're gonna dial it back a little bit. Probably not, so saddle up. Because two nights ago, God changed everything for me. Two, two nights ago, I was, I was asleep and I was, I was, well, it's not true, I wasn't asleep, I was in bed. And I, I was, man, I just could not go to sleep. I was covered up and I was shivering. I was so cold. The heater was on in our house. We keep it about 64 degrees in the wintertime. I don't know what y'all do, but um, she was a little warmer than that. But we had, I, had the, I had covers up on me. I had a big old comforter up on me and I was just shaking uncontrollably like cold. Like I had the flu or something. In fact, I went through, I was doing this, one of those things, you know, like, am I going to have to call Troy and tell Troy that he's going to have to preach on Christmas Eve and is Troy going to run away? right? It's like, hey, dude, I need you to come out of the bullpen the day of, right? And, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. I can't go to sleep. I'm shaking uncontrollably. So much so that the next day, like my stomach was hurting. So it's the best workout I've had in a long time. It's like, you know, it's one of those, I feel like that's a workout. But I was so cold. I was wanting the labradoodle up on me to lay on top of me to warm me up. And she was, ha she had other ideas. And and then Jenna finally comes in and, and like, I'm trying to be quiet because she was staying up and doing other stuff and she got in bed and, and, and she, then she go immediately, Jenna, I love my wife. She does not have a problem going to sleep. Like, boom, you know, head, pillow, done. And so she, she starts sleeping and I'm like shivering and I'm thinking in my mind, this is my conversation. Why doesn't she realize I'm shivering and like go, are you okay? Like, you know, we have a king size bed, but still I'm like, she should know. Um, and, and care about me. Clearly she doesn't. Um, and, and so I'm having this conversation. And so God starts talking to me and he's like, hey, I wanna tell you something. And I went, no, it's late, I'm tired. I gotta get up in the morning and do some, no. And, and this is, so this is how I talk to God sometimes and he doesn't always appreciate it. Um, and so I couldn't go to sleep. And we have a clock that shines on our ceiling, which is a great, Great thing until you can't sleep because then you're just looking at it and you're like, it's midnight. It's 12.01, right? So you're just doing that and you're just like watching it click back and forth. And, and so this is what I, I was doing. I was looking at it, I was like, God, please just, and God starts talking to me. He's like, here we go. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, oh, 
this, this, this is great, right? This is awesome stuff, God. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's great. He goes, write it down. And I went, it's cold. I'm not getting out of bed. And he goes, get out of bed. Earlier in the week, I met with three elder gentlemen in the faith. And I respect all of them very deeply. And, and they met together to pray for me. Um, and, and it was very nice. We met early one, uh, Wednesday morning and, and, and they came together. And at the end of the time, we had this conversation of when God wakes you up in the middle of the night, do you write it down or not? And one of them is like, oh, I will never remember it. I have to write it down. And in my mind, I'm like, you're old, man. I will always remember it. And so this conversation came to mind. And like, God's like, I was preparing you for this moment three days ago. So I get up and I know immediately that I'm going to be even colder than I was. And I get out of bed and I'm like, immediately like, oh my gosh, it's so cold in our house. And, and I look for something to write with. And my iPad is sitting on my nightstand, but I don't go to it because I don't want to turn the iPad on and have the blue glow wake up my wife. She doesn't care about this when she's looking at Facebook on her phone when I'm trying to go to sleep, but I love her more than she loves me, right? And so I don't turn the iPad on um, and I'm like, so I need something to look. And so I'm looking in my, my, my nightstand drawer and, and I have some books and different stuff and I got a bunch of just junk, you know, like you, how does that stuff get in your nightstand drawer? That's another sermon. But, um, and so, so, I, open it up and so I, I finally find, I, I look, so I turn on my lamp. Well, I don't love her that much, right? So I turn on the lamp and, and there I see is this, in the back of my top drawer is this journal that I hadn't seen um, since 1999. And I know this because I bought it in 1999 on my way to Guyana, South America, when I was in the Miami airport. And I was on, a way, I was on my way to go uh, to a mission trip. And I was like, oh man, I wanna take a journal and write stuff down. And it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's which I'm like, oh, that's still here? How do I still have this? Why is it still here? Really is what I was thinking. And I pull it out and I grab a pen, cause I have a pen there also. And I turn the light off and I get up and I'll go into the bathroom uh, uh, so I don't disturb her. In, in my mind, there's a couple things going on. One, God, I want to follow you and I hear what, want to hear what you say. Two, please, dear Lord, do not wake up grace, right? Because then my whole night's over. And, and so I go into the bathroom and, and I open it. And the first thing I open, uh, it opens, falls open to the back of it. And at the top of the page, it says, first kiss. And then below it is the story that I wrote of my first kiss with Jenna in 1999. And, and I didn't read it then, but I read it and I went, you're such a romantic person. Like she's so lucky is what I went through my head. <laughs> and, and so I flipped a few pages back and I just, it, to empty pages and I started writing down what, what God wanted me to write. And, the re, and, and I realized, that, cause, so I put it away and I, I get back in bed and, um, and then God's like, hey, I'm not done. And I'm like, I am. Uh, he's like, no, I'm not. So then I grab my iPad. I'm like, I don't care now. I'm not getting back out of bed. And I start writing stuff down on my iPad and, and movie quotes come to mind, which should surprise nobody who comes here. Uh, like just multiple movie quotes start flooding my, my mind of, of things. And, and what I realized is the reason he wanted me up was for the very first thing that I saw. First kiss. Because that was a day, although it was awkward, I'm not going to lie. And I, and I have since read it. I read it uh, today, actually. I, I pulled it out and I read it. I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like, who writes this kind of stuff? Like, it's a kiss that will blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a Princess Bride fan. So there's a little bit of that in there, right? And, and so I, I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh. But, but the reason that he wanted me to see that, because that was a date that changed my life. 
Right? That was a date that, that changed the course of my life forever. It was, it was such a significant date in my life that I wrote something about it that I remember every moment of it. I remember where we were, the grotto at the Oblate Center. That's right, yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? I remember everything about it. I remember asking her if I could kiss her. Uh-huh, I'm a gentleman, right? I remember the whole awkwardness of it because it was a date that was so significant to me that it changed everything about me. And the great thing about this date, interesting thing is, There was a date that happened a couple of months before that allowed this to even happen. There's a date in July of that year, July 27th, 1999. And I remember it because it's written in that same journal. It It was a moment where I was down in Guyana, South America. I don't know why I keep saying South America, like I was in Guyana, Oklahoma. And and so I was in Guyana and, and it was on this mission trip. And, and so Scott, uh, Pastor Scott Harry and I were down there and I wasn't a pastor at the time. I was a fifth grade teacher and, and I was kind of involved in church, but not really. I'd come out of a, a life of just craziness of college where I tried everything. And, and, I, and I come in here and I'm teaching fifth graders and, 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 I'm, and I'm going to this church. And I'm starting to think about things about God and trying to, and I grew up in the church, but I, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I didn't know him on a level that just changed me to my core, right? And, and so then I go on this mission trip and it's a wonderful trip. And we go down there, we're doing VBS with these kids and plaisance and, and, and it's so fun. And, and I, re, I went back and I read some of it today and was just remembering some of these things. And, uh, but, but July 27th, 1999 is the day that, that Scott and I were trying to get back from this youth camp that he and I went to, and, and, and none of the ladies, they didn't, t- they didn't want to take in the ladies because they knew what it would be like. And I've talked about it in here before, but it was, on the, it was on the trip when we were leaving there, when this rain was falling down, it was this huge monsoon rain, and we were trying to catch this bus to catch a boat, to catch a plane, to get back at, in, you know, into America and all this stuff. And, and it was these guys coming out of the jungle with machetes, and it was just a surreal moment that God grabbed me and said, I want more from you. No, 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 I have more for you. It it was this day, July 27th, 1999. Now, I don't know when I gave my life to Jesus. I don't know when I said, yes, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I've prayed the prayer a hundred times, but I don't know the first time that I did. But I know the moment where I said, no, 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 I'm in. I don't know what you have of me. I don't know what you want. I, don't know. I didn't know that I was gonna be a pastor. I was a fifth grade teacher making just bank, right? It's rolling up in it. But God on that day said, I want more for you and I have more for you. If you trust me. And see, it was because of that day that, that my life changed and then it, August 22nd of 1999 is the first time I laid eyes on that brown-eyed girl. And it was because I was speaking about what happened on July 27th, 1999. See, God has these moments, these dates and time that set us up for something down the road. And it was July 27th when he opened my eyes to say that I have more for you, that it allowed me to enter into the greatest experience of my life. Not my marriage with Jenna. My calling. It allowed me to understand what it meant to be a true son of God and to say everything that I am is now yours, Jesus, and whatever you want to do with me, let's do it. Because I know what my life was like before, 
And I have a glimpse of what it could be. And so I'm all in. Wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm in. See, all of us has the, we, we all have kind of dates in our life that we remember. August 12th, 2000, the day we got married. I remember that one. If this were my first wedding ring, it would be etched on the inside, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers or no one keeps their original wedding ring, right? Just kidding. Good husbands do, I know. December 20th, 2005, the day Grace was born. June 14th, 2007, the other one. See if you're paying attention, buddy. Right, there are these dates and times, July 3rd, 2016, the first time I stood on this stage and preached. Right, there are these dates in all of our lives and you have them too. You have these dates that are significant in your life that mean something to you and to your family and to the course of your life. Now, the reason we're all here today, the reason we, we gather on December 24th is, is because of December 25th, zero. Right, December 25th, the year zero. When everything changed. Now, I, I know if you're a theologian, you know that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th, and I hope none of you is destroying your life right now. I don't want to burst any bubbles, but, but this is the day that people much smarter than we are decided to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And so it is the day upon which the calendar is arranged. Everything started again when he came. We, we celebrate 2019 years later, the birth of one person, of one person. It's a date that changed everything. It's a date when the Savior came. And that's why we're here tonight. We're here to, we're here to celebrate sweet baby Jesus. Right? In, in Luke chapter 2, you know the story. That, that this morning, it was great. We, we sat down, and, and Jenna wanted to start a new tradition that she hadn't discussed with Dad yet. Um, and, and she's like, let's open a present this morning. And, and so when you start saying open presents, Grace goes like, ballistic. she's like, yes, more, 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 more. And she wants presents is what I'm trying to get out of here. And, and so we all sit down, and we're, we're doing presents. And Jenna, like, as soon as she says presents, Grace's mind is like, I'm going to rip stuff open. I don't care what's in it. We're going to rip them open until we're done. Um, and Jenna sits down. She's like, well, well, let's read the story of Jesus's birth. Like, once you say presents and open presents, nobody wants to hear the story of Jesus's birth, right? And, and, so, and she goes, and she stops, and I'm sitting next to Grace, and, and she goes, so what is this? Why are we doing this? What is this time all about? And Grace goes, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Pastor's kids, you got to love them, right? And, and, and I'm like, and I said, I laughed and I'm like, this is your show. Um, and, I, and I was like, Santa is a helper. Santa is a helper of Jesus. C.S. Lewis taught us that too. And, and, and she goes, but then Jenna goes, yes, but it, you know, whose birthday? And Gracie goes, Jesus. That's right. Dropping the name of Jesus up in there. And it, it is, it's a significant moment. And so often we read the story and we just brush through the story to get to the presence. But the presence are because of the date, the significant date that changed everything. In Luke chapter 2, you know the story. I'm just going to give you Michael Crocker's version of it. There's a census that was going to be taking place, right? And everybody in the Roman Empire had to be counted. And so they had to go back to their hometown to be counted. And there's this, this young teenage couple, Mary and Joseph. Joseph. 
And, and by now it says in Luke's gospel, gospel that Mary is obviously pregnant. Now they're not married, they're just fiancés and there's this whole deal where angels have come and they've delivered messages to Mary and Joseph and, and they know that they're gonna have the son of God but they really haven't told anybody because who's gonna believe them, right? When she's nine months pregnant, the, the census takes place and they have to go all the way to Bethlehem. They live up in Nazareth in the north of Israel and they gotta travel hundreds of miles past Jerusalem down to Bethlehem. And so they got to go all the way down to Bethlehem, which actually is a hilly place. So they got to go down and then back up, right? And so they get down into Bethlehem riding on a donkey like every nine-month pregnant woman wants to do. And they get into this place and, and, and then they try to find a place to stay and she's pregnant. And, and like I remember when my wife was pregnant, there was a lot of things that I did for her back then that I wouldn't normally do, like drive to Taco Cabana in the middle of the night to get a bean and cheese taco, right? There are things that we do and we're knocking on doors and he's trying to find a place for them to stay and there's no room for them, it always says. And so finally somebody goes, hey, you know what? Just, you can stay in my barn. Go in there, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move the sheep out and it'll just be, just be great. And, and so they go in. I can never pass up a good sheep joke, you know? And, and, and so, and they move in and, and they, they, they have the baby and, and, it, and it comes, and this is what it says. It's so, it's so just innocuous really. Luke chapter two here. Um, and then it comes time, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So enters the king of the world. Right? I, I, I mean, it's like, it, and then while they were there, she had the child. End of story. For them but not for everyone else, right? Because it says, meanwhile, out in the fields, there's these shepherds and they're watching their sheep. And this angel appears before them and they, they get scared as people do. And they're like, ah, and he goes, oh, it's all right, man. I bring you good news of great joy today in the town of David. The savior has been born, the Messiah. It's like, this is how you'll recognize him going to town. And look, I know I, this is gonna sound crazy. I get it. The Messiah should live in a palace. I know. No, no, no. Go to the barn at the corner of First and Elm. This is, I'm expanding a little bit. And there's a stable there. And, and then in the feeding trough, I know, I know what it sounds like. In the feeding trough is gonna be the Messiah. And you'll recognize him because he's gonna be wrapped tightly in, in these cloths and he'll be laying in this just disgusting trough. And then they're joined by a vast host of others, it says, and they say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. And so these shepherds hear this story from these angels. And I don't know if you've ever heard an angel speak to you, but when you hear an angel speak and give you direction, you're pretty much gonna follow it, right? So they leave their sheep, they go into town, the corner of First and Elm. You've learned something new now. And they, and they see this baby Jesus, just as the angels said. And they believe and they know that something significant has happened. That this date has changed everything for them. And it says they bow down and they worship him and then they leave and they tell everybody about what they'd seen. They can't stop talking about it because when an angel appears to you in the middle of the night and says that the son of God has been born and this is how you will know and then it happens, you talk about it. You're pulling out your Insta story and you're posting some stuff. You know what I'm saying? And they go on and 
It changes everything for them. Because the Messiah, they, they live right outside Jerusalem in Bethlehem. Their job is to care for the sheep that go into the temple to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. And he's, they're the first ones that, that God shows to. God comes, they've been waiting for the Messiah. Their entire lives they've heard the story that one day a virgin will give birth. They've read Isaiah. They know the scriptures. They know the prophets. And here it is. And it's changed everything. But not the way they thought. Right? This isn't what you would expect from the king of the world. You, you wouldn't expect the, the Son of God to be born in filth. You, you, you wouldn't expect the Savior of the world, who's, who's supposed to come and end the oppression of the Romans, to be born in, first of all, Bethlehem. Second of all, the way that he was to, to nobody. But it changed everything. Just not in the way that they would think. It was this date, December 25th, zero, that, that started God's plan from the beginning. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be in relationship with you so much that I'm going to come live with you. And I'm going to give everything. I'm going to give my life so that you may have yours. I'm going to end depression. I'm going to end suffering. I'm going to end hunger. I'm going to end thirst. I'm going to end disease. I'm going to end addiction. I'm going to end relational problems, but not in the way that you think. See, if you remember the rest of the story, right, this is the night that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it isn't just about the birth because the birth launches everything else. The birth is the moment in time, this date in history that changes everything. It's the July 27th, 1999 for me. But bigger. Because from this point forward, Jesus goes on to do what he does. In fact, in, in, in Luke chapter 4, just two chapters later, Jesus has grown into a man and he's kind of beginning his ministry and doing some things. And he, and he goes back to his hometown. And he says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. Now, now let me tell you, when you go into a synagogue, you, there's not like willy-nilly, like I, I choose the scriptures that we're going to read. Like we, we go through stuff and I'm like, ah, this feels like a Roman Sunday or something like that. When you go into a synagogue, it's prescribed. There is no doubt what will be read on that given Sabbath. And so when Jesus walks in, he's a rabbi now, so he has the authority to read scripture, to read the scroll. He's given the scroll that will be read that day. And they hand him a scroll from Isaiah. And he reads it and he says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then in the first ever recorded mic drop in history, he hands the scroll to somebody and he sits down. Literally says that in Luke chapter four, look it up. Boom, he drops the scroll. The time of the Lord's favor has come. But it's not the way that you think it will. 
Because that's the whole story of Jesus. Jesus came to end depression. He came to set the captives free. He came to set the blind, to, to, to see, let the blind see. He came to heal the sick, to find the lost. But not in the way we expected him to. Be, because they wanted, a, they wanted a savior to come in with military power and might and to wipe the Romans off the face of the earth. They wanted this king of kings to be glorious in this palace, to come down with an army and to end all the oppression. And Jesus says, you bet the time has come when that oppression will end, but it will end with my death, my resurrection. See, December 21st, zero started it all. That date started the story that God had planned from the beginning, that there will be a time when there will be no more disease, there will be no more suffering, no more hunger, no more pain, no more tears. Because the new life has come. Because the Messiah has been born. I, I, don't, I don't know your story. I don't know, I mean, Heck, I can't see most of you, it's so dark in here. <laughs> I don't know where you are with, with, with Jesus, this Messiah thing. I don't, I, I don't know where you are in, in, your, in your understanding of who you are and who Jesus is. You might be here because a family member drags you here. Turn to your family member and say thank you because tonight is your night. Because December 25th, zero started it all, but December 24, 2019, this may be your day. It may be your July 27th, 1999, when God finally grabs hold of you and says, I want more for you. I have more for you. This may be the day. The second time that God was not letting me go to sleep and I grabbed my iPad, he, he put the movie um, Tombstone in my head. Yeah, <laughs> Ralphie likes it. Any Tombstone fans in here? I'm your Huckleberry, right? Any Huckleberries in here, right? And so it was very clear, and this is the, this is the time where I grabbed the iPad and I started writing stuff, or, or the, actually the third time, because I'd put it down, and, and he floods me with Tombstone, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it again. I'm finally about to go to sleep. I'd been up for over an hour at this point. It was 3.45, according to the ceiling. And, and, and I was like, I'm done. I'm not, no more. No, no. And he, he just kept throwing Wyatt Earp at me. And, and I don't know if you remember, if, you, if you've seen the movie, you will remember this exactly because it's such a powerful scene. And it's towards the end of the movie when, when everything is shaken down and Wyatt Earp goes a little crazy, right? He gets a little crazy and he's going after all the red band guys and, um, and, and he comes and he says, and they're at a train depot, and he looks a little crazy. And he says, you tell him that I'm coming and I'm bringing hell with me. You remember that scene? Some of y'all just like, he said hell at a Christmas service. Yeah, get over it. Hell is real, people. And I'm trying to get you out of it. And Wyatt Earp says this and he looks and he's like screaming, you tell him I'm coming. And so what God was doing is he just put Jesus's face superimposed over Kurt Russell, which is totally, totally normal. Like, I don't know how, 
I don't know how God talks to you, but he does weird things with me. And, and it was like, and I just heard it over and over again. It was Jesus with the same passion and intensity. You tell him I'm coming. You tell the world that I'm coming and I'm bringing freedom with me. You tell them I am coming and I'm bringing the power to end addiction with me. You tell them that I am coming and I will end their relational problems. You tell them that I am coming. Somebody better say hallelujah right now and I'm gonna go on forever. Like, I don't know what kind of church you go to, but this is a church where we talk back to the pastor. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you start talking about Wyatt Earp and Jesus Christ in the same sentence. If I drag John Wayne in here, the roof will come down, right? This is what this moment is about. December 25th, zero started it all, but tonight is the night that can begin for you. Tonight is the night, December 24th, 2019, that you're gonna go home and grab your ugly little journal and next to your first Chris story that some of you are gonna go home and write and pretend like you're better husbands than you are, you're going to, sorry, just a little hint, just go ahead and write it. You're gonna say, tonight is the night that I decided that God wants more for me and I want more for me too. I wanna be a better husband. I wanna be a better father. I wanna be a better pastor, a better son, a better friend. And I know that the only way I can do those things is if I let Jesus Christ lead me. Where are you? Be, because if you just gather together, we just gather together and, and, and we get dressed up and we look pretty and, and, we, and we, I love the sound of the candles falling, it's great. And we come and we hear some message where like you leave and like, man, the pastor was really angry tonight. Maybe there's one of you here tonight that December 24th, 2019 is your night. Man, if there, and if there's one, Jesus says, man, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over that one than all the idiots up here Because we're y'all should be playing by now. What is happening? <laughs> Tonight is your night. Tonight, this, this night where we talk about silent night, right? It's a silent night and nobody believes it was a silent night if you've been around a birth. It wasn't silent. It wasn't silent in that barn. It wasn't silent for baby Jesus because a healthy baby, man, <laughs> right? Wasn't silent for Joseph. His world just got turned upside down. You have to raise the son of God. Wasn't silent for Mary, wasn't silent for those shepherds who went back and told everybody they talked, that they heard who Jesus was. It shouldn't be silent for us. It shouldn't be silent for us. Tonight is the night, tonight is that date of significance in your life that will change everything. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the gift of life that you have given us. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ who was born as we all have were as a baby. But he grew up to heal the sick, to make the blind to see, to free the oppressed, to release the captives, to heal, to save. So on this significant night where we celebrate the birth of your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, God, would you light a fire like we're lighting these candles right now inside of our souls? That if we don't know who you are, that we would, run into your arms, 
that tonight, December 24th, 2019, would be the night that changes everything for us. Because we want more of you, and I know you want more for us. Jesus, we thank you and praise you. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us one more time?